what show is this? Do we still do this? <laughs> <laughs> you know, that is the perennial title of every That's, episode. That is true. We seem to be uh, constantly be asking that question. You know, I am perfectly fine saying that I do this show. I want to know if you do this show. Uh huh. Is that supposed to be a jab because I didn't publish the last episode? <laughs> yeah, I think we uh, recorded a full. Bl- I th- you think seem to think we recorded one episode. I think we recorded two full episodes, and no, never I don't think that's them. right. I don't think that's right. <laughs> so it has it has been a while. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I think we had a whole episode recorded about how long it's been since we last recorded. <laughs> and uh-huh. now and then didn't post it. <laughs> <laughs> and now it's been that much longer still. Yeah. Yeah, that's a thing. That's so, that's on me. <laughs> yeah, that is on you and I don't accept your apology. Um but Where it's okay. You? It's okay. I forgive you. Um <laughs> So anyway, let's just start fresh. How about that? Let's just start Here fresh. We are. We'll call Here we this are. we'll call this for those of you who are confused, this is the other things podcast. We'll call this <laughs> Why season, am I here? <laughs> we'll call this season three. Ooh, are we on season three? We well, if we ever post this, we'll be on season three, I think. Uh, All right. yeah, we're on season three, bro. Here we are. Season three. So a lot has changed since season two. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, a whole well, summer we, has gone by. We began with this change. Okay, hold from on. Season for those, two. Well, for those who need a reminder, and so season two ended with our review of Spider-Man: Homecoming. Oh, that was a long time ago. Yeah, which is a movie that literally came out like <laughs> in May. So, yeah. But then we recorded an episode that came out just about two weeks ago. Yeah, we had a little hot take. And that hot take was all about me becoming a deacon. You're a deacon. I'm a deacon. I've been a deacon. Dude, I've been a deacon. I've been a deacon <laughs> for <laughs> I've been a deacon for a couple of weeks now. Yeah? How's it going? Two weeks two weeks in fact. Um, How's your deaconing? Really good. Really good. So I just got assigned a parish and I'm gonna be doing some ministry there. And also I have a small faith community that I'll be uh, accompanying as a sort of a facilitator chaperone um which is great so i got those going for me and then also ministry in the house as a deacon at our yeah. school masses sorry at our house masses so i don't i don't have a like a connection yet to the parish where i'll be doing baptisms or anything so we'll see if that comes up i'd like to like to baptize a baby as a absolutely. deacon. absolutely that'd be pretty cool marry absolutely. somebody as a deacon that'd be pretty cool but barry mary and barry Mary, Barry, and baptize. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I look forward to that, but I haven't done it yet. I got to tell you, you asked me how it's been being a deacon. So the only times that, like, it stands out to me, because my first real feeling was this is very normal. And, like, not a whole lot feels different, per se, because, look, we've been in this thing, you know, for, like, <laughs> yeah. a while, you know. The times that it does stand out to me is when I put on a stole. Hmm. Put it, putting yeah. on an alb doesn't really have much of, doesn't give me much of the tinglys, you know, but, <laughs> but putting on the stole does. Um, yeah. And it only well, comes that up used like... Well, that used to be how the, the progression of orders worked, that you slowly kind of built up your vestments. Mm. So you're given the alb, and now you get to put something else on over that. Well, there you go. And then in the over the summer, you'll get to put something else or you'll change it around. 
And put a different vestment on. Yeah, I'll un I'll unpin the deacon stole and That's wrap right. it around my shoulders. That's right. What? And so it's a it's a progression. And even the yeah. priesthood is not the finished, um, the final stage, the final form. Yeah. Well, it is for us, hopefully. It is for us. That is true. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I do not. I do not aspire to the episcopacy. I hope you do not either. I do not. I do not. Although one of our brothers has just been elevated. That's right. One of our brothers has just been ordained. To well, the three of our brothers. That's right. One Canadian. One Canadian to the episcopacy. The other two just to the cardinalate. Is that right? Yeah, the other two, I think, were already oh, bishops. Already bishops. I gotcha. Yeah, so they were made cardinals, but they were they weren't ordained recently. Uh-huh. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was. Um, yeah, so I got to tell you, I I like being at the altar. I feel very comfortable there. I love proclaiming the gospel. I love getting a chance to preach. Um, yeah, I've been given good opportunities, good feedback. Uh, it's been great. Do you have Do you have fond memories of your year as a deacon? I do. You know, it's kind of funny. We just preached, I think I've talked about this before, that this, um, the practice of preaching at the parish I was at as a deacon was just different. Like we, we had one preacher for the whole weekend. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah. when I was on, maybe once a month, it was four masses on a, on a Sunday. Wow. So just in completely exhausted. And as a deacon, so the other, the priests would, when they were on, um, they would usually just come in for the first part of mass and then leave after the homily the priests yeah which is kind of weird i mean obviously not the celebrant um but there were so there's a bunch so you'd have a celebrant a preacher and when i was there a deacon oh you mean that the preacher for the day would leave after the homily yeah oh i yeah. see that is weird that is weird. which is I'm weird like... i don't know that i really agree with that but any at any rate i would be the only one when i was on that would be at all of the mass, all of all the masses. <laughs> right, right. So that you would stick around. I see. Yeah. I see. So I, I think back on those days of, with a lot of exhaustion. Right. Um, but fun, huge, um, huge amount of fondness. I loved it. Yeah, that's cool. I did. I did do a wedding. Um, as a deacon. As a deacon, I baptized a bunch of kiddos. Um, as a deacon. As a deacon. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was great. That's cool, man. Um, yeah, I would say I have a lot to look forward to. You know, I'll be a deacon for a couple of months, and then come June, God willing, I'll be ordained to the priesthood. Yeah. And you should come. Everybody should come. Anybody listening, uh, you should come. I think I'll be there. <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, cool. So that's been a big change, and it's been really good. But I've also been living here in Spain, which I'm still getting used to, and yeah. that's been... I mean, that was a heck of a trip. I left on a Wednesday from Madrid and landed in Boston, and uh-huh. the ordination was in Boston, as you know. And I got to tell you, it was a heck of a day because I was up for a full 24 hours. And Oof. it was rough. Because with the time I left Madrid was like, time change-wise, I left Madrid at 11 p.m. Boston time. And then I went uh-huh. to bed that night in Boston at 11. Oh, so gosh. I was up all day. And it was, I felt it. You know, what was funny, though, <laughs> for me is that the, um, the trip back... I adjusted right back to my sleep schedule when I got back to Madrid. Uh-huh. That's good. Yeah, the, the time shift to Boston made it really tough to sleep. But then coming back, I was like right back on it. I don't know. I don't know what it is, but jet lag is a weird thing. It is a weird thing, and you can't really predict it. Sometimes it'll hit you hard, and other times... 
Oh, I hate Not it. Not so much. I got to say, though, I am a big fan of the idea that I came up with, which was <laughs> that we need to just call it what it is. It's just sleep deprivation. That's all it is. It's like, why do we, <laughs> why do we call it jet lag? It's not like yeah. before, well, before I explain. Well, before I experienced jet lag, I used to think like, oh, is there something about the altitude or like the no. plane? No, it's literally just sleep deprivation. Yeah, because you don't get any rest on a plane, even if you sleep. Oh, it's terrible. So, yeah, no, you're right. It's it's just sleep deprivation. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. I think it's a so, more like kind way of asking, how's your sleep deprivation? <laughs> yeah, that's right. <laughs> How is your not sleep happening? Yeah, terrible. How's that going? It's awful. Uh, so I don't know if we talked about this on the show, but you have a particular problem there in Madrid of a flying type. Of a flying type? Oh, I live with bats. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. How's that I going? Hope, I hope that the bats are seasonal. <laughs> I hope they like. Aren't they like mosquitoes? Where they like once winter comes, do they like? Do die? they hibernate? Do bats <laughs> like, hibernate? Well, don't, like, mosquitoes die in the winter? Isn't that, like, a thing? I have no idea. <laughs> but I also have a mosquito problem. I have a severe mosquito problem and a bat mm-hmm. problem. But you found um, a solution to your mosquito problem. I did. Well, okay, so what Jonathan is describing is that I have a situation where my room is deathly hot um, because it faces <laughs> the afternoon sun and there's no air conditioning because I I don't know if that technology exists here. I frankly haven't <laughs> seen it anywhere, so... Um, yeah, and there's been you know a heat wave of sorts for the last three months, and I have to keep the window open because otherwise I suffocate when I sleep. Um, the problem is outside of my window, there's a whole family of bats that live in the in the trees. <laughs> so I have to constantly be negotiating whether or not I will sleep with the bats in uh-huh. like the risk of the bats flying in, or I will sleep with heat in my room and I've, I've always opted for risking the bats yeah and there are no screens there oh yeah that's key there are no screens on my windows that's true which poses now, a problem for the mosquitoes too could you make a screen hmm say more well is there a, a shop of sorts where they sell Ooh, things speaking of things that are flying into my room hold on <laughs> i need to uh oh! There's something living on my window that is about to fly in, and I need to figure Ooh. out a way to close the window. I don't know what Without it is. Without letting it in. Without is letting it, it a, in. It's a Spanish thing. I don't know what it is, but it's it's really big. <laughs> it's really scary. So David is currently being attacked oh by some my creature. God, this is so terrible. Why can't they just give me a screen? <laughs> I just want a screen on my window. Okay. Yeah, go to the go to the store, buy some mesh. It could even be a cloth, like a cheese cloth. What? Is that a thing? Yeah. And then, like, staple it to the window. Uh, okay, if I don't move, maybe it will, like, just not... Is that a bat? <laughs> okay, so now I'm in a bit of a, I'm in a, bit of a problem here, because I need to figure out a way to get up and fix this without triggering whatever this creature is. And you don't uh, have, like, a tennis racket or a broom or anything but- that you can... But if I swat at it, it'll fly into my room. It's not in my room yet. No, it's on... no, not to swat at, but just to like, if it starts wandering down, then you oh, push gosh. it back. Oh no, this is terrible. I should just <laughs> leave. I just leave my room. Oh, I need to move out. <laughs> this is terrible. 
Okay, well, do you have the option be... to move rooms? I do, I do. Now, this is going to be impossible for me to focus now. So yeah, you, how... you got to take care of that. Okay, so I'll be right back. <laughs> well, so Jonathan, right. tell us a little bit about what's going on in your world while I handle this situation. <laughs> All right. Well, as David makes sure he is safe and secure in his own bedroom, oh my God, that I <laughs> I will tell it. <laughs> Oh my god. Okay. Oh. I slammed the window shut. Yeah. Oh my god. Are you so safe? Fine. Well, I don't know. I don't know what it is. <laughs> Frankly, I'm looking at it and it's looking at me. Oh man. Oh, does it have window. Does it have googly eyes? Well, I want to shed a light on it, but Okay. Put some light All on right. it. Well, okay, hold on. How do I do that? With your phone. Swipe oh. up. Swipe up. On, on the turn the flashlight on. Oh, you literally I can. I see it now. Aww. It's a <laughs> grasshopper. Okay. Wait, All that for a grasshopper. Is it a grasshopper? It's one of those that make... It's a cricket. It's a cricket. <laughs> it's a really big cricket, though. That's a big cricket. Okay. All, All right. right. Well, there it is. Oh, that was the excitement for the day. Wait, no, it, was, it wasn't a cricket. It was actually, it was, it was a bat, and it was, <laughs> it had fangs. <sighs> okay, that's that <laughs> really terrifying. Oh lord. I don't know what it was. Leave me alone. So this is David's life now. Well, yeah. So I live in Madrid, and I fend for Being myself. Being attacked by creatures. <laughs> yeah. Well, that's a real, that's a real thing. Yeah. There it is. All right, so you were saying about your life. What's going on with you? Uh, not a whole lot. I'm kind of just carrying on as usual. That's what I'm learning uh, parish life is all about. It's oh, yeah? day-to-day. Um, you've got a lot of routine, your daily masses and your Sunday masses and kind of all the things that fall fall here and there. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not super structured, but there are certain things that everything else has to revolve around. So that's been kind of a, I mean, I guess not unlike a changing class schedule. Sure. Um, but it's great. I love celebrating the sacraments. This past um, Sunday, I had a three sacrament Sunday. Ooh. Where I heard confessions and then celebrated mass and then did some anointings. Very cool. Very cool. Yeah. So, so that was that, re- that was fun. That reminds me, I think that's one of the highlights of the ordination that I forgot to mention, which is this is the first sacrament I've received newly since I was 14. <laughs> yeah. Which is pretty epic. Yeah. So, Finally I don't something new. The new the next new sacrament I'll receive is the anointing of the sick probably. You've never been anointed? No, have you? Yeah. Why? A bunch of times. What? When you're sick, the anointing of the sick. So, like, how are you? It's like gravely ill. It's not like no, I have a no, head it's cold. Not. No, it's not that. Either. If you are, if you are ill, like if, if you're, you're about going, to have, yeah, if you're going under sur- into surgery, you can get it. Yeah. Have you had surgery that you needed to be anointed for? Yeah, all the time. Anytime you they put you under. All, okay. So you're describing Every day. Some, <laughs> something that is not very common. And no. you're making it sound like it's a very common thing. 
many times in your life have you gone, as you say, gone under? Oh, have, how many times have I gone under? Many. How many really? times have I been anointed for that? Mm, just once. I think I've only been anointed one time. How many times have you gone under and for what? Just surgeries here and there. <laughs> again, <laughs> is again. Is that not a thing? Again, here and there, surgery is not a thing. <laughs> so There was, I, I must have been like 18 or 19 years old and had four different surgeries in a single year. That is not normal. No, that's a bit much. <laughs> I have never had surgery. I've never broken a bone. I, really? I've broken I, many bones. Until I joined the Jesuits, I'd never been stung by an animal. <laughs> and uh, now you live with them. Now I live with them, yes. I'm going to probably be bitten alive by mosquitoes and bats for the remainder of my time here. Um, I've, I've had to turn to sleeping with earplugs because the bats squeak outside of my window really? all night. Oh, yeah. <sighs> luckily, luckily, all of these animals are dumb. So, <laughs> so the, the benefit of that is that the bats are not willingly flying into my room, right? So like yep. there's... The, the downside is that if they accidentally fly into my room, then it's chaos. You know, right, because they don't know how to get out. They don't know how to get out, and it's terrifying for everybody, including the bats. Now, were you on, this is reminding me of a story from the novitiate, were you on that um, swamp tour where the swamp guide... <laughs> <laughs> the swamp man? <laughs> yeah, was telling us how alligators could easily climb up into the boat we were in and murder us all oh yeah i do remember that yeah but fortunately their brains are too small (laughs) so they never will (laughs) yeah i remember him saying that that they're agile enough to where they could leap into the boat yeah and like he was he was whacking one on the head with a paddle (laughs) because they're dumb enough they're too dumb that's right yeah yeah (laughs) and not not comforting any of us who are not from south louisiana yeah i'm not sure I'm not sure it should comfort anybody. I'm not sure that what he's saying, first off, is it even true? I'm not even sure. But secondly, you know, just because he says it doesn't give me any comfort, even if it were true. Mm-hmm. I'm literally in a little little boat in the middle of the swamp, surrounded <laughs> by gators. Yeah, yeah. No, thank you. No, yeah. thank you. Things that could literally eat your life. Yeah. I remember I was actually scared during that because we were literally in the middle of a swamp surrounded by gators i mean like yeah they weren't just like oh you see off in the distance over there there's a gator it's like no there are gators swimming right underneath <laughs> yeah. us yeah oh, we're swimming gosh. with the gators nope not gonna do that not gonna do that um <laughs> well there it yeah. is yeah i mean was it a gator that's at my window it might be a, no yeah no it might it's as well. a little bug <laughs> okay that is not you're a little bug s- you're scared of little bugs no see Okay, this is my thing. This is my thing. I'm not scared of these things. Uh, okay, I'm a little scared. I'm not... Okay, we're just going to leave this topic behind because I can't do anything about this. Okay, moving on. So David has gone on some field trips recently. Uh, okay, so this, is, this has been one of the major highlights of living in Madrid is that the program that I'm doing, for those who are curious and are not just out to make fun of me, um, I... Part of my program is to get to know what are called the Ignatian sites of Spain. So St. Ignatius Loyola, the founder of the Jesuits, the religious order that Jonathan and I belong to, um, was from Spain. So he was from the Basque country. He was from a small town called Loyola uh, in the Basque country. Anyway, um, part of the program that I'm doing here is, includes these 
pilgrimages to <laughs> these different areas because they're holy sites. Um, yeah. So last week, uh, as Jonathan is fond of saying, I went on a field trip to um, two I of those I don't understand places. why you're offended by that. I guess, I guess you're right. I mean, like, I'm literally going out in the field, you know? <laughs> yeah, and that's literally what it's called when you go on a school trip. It's a field yeah. trip. That's true. Because you're going I mean, out in the field and... You yeah, probably didn't need to get a permission slip from your parents. Dude, do you remember those? I totally remember that. Totally remember that. <laughs> yeah. So I went on to two major locations, which were, I got to tell you, sincerely and all joking aside, deeply significant and moving experiences to go on. Um, the first was to go to Loyola. And Loyola, where the house of St. Ignatius is, where his family, it's they call it a castle, but it's, it used to be a castle. It's not really a castle anymore. Long story short, it's not as impressive as it sounds, but it's <laughs> his. It's his family home. Uh, it's where uh-huh. his major conversion happened. Um, we had mass in the chapel of the conversion, which was his bedroom. Hmm. Um, very moving. We, you know, walked to the house, went to the basilica, which is built around the house. Uh, very beautiful. We went into the archives, where there's a lot of Jesuit uh, history uh, and texts that are kept, original manuscripts of things. Um, I found some original copies of some texts by Robert Bellarmine uh, that really? were there, which were, oh yeah, just incredible stuff. Whoa, um, yeah, yeah, some like first edition stuff. Anyway, so that was cool. We also went to like n- nearby towns where he actually would have been. So like, we went to the parish where he was baptized. Um, uh huh. That's cool. Because Loyola is the name of like the castle, like the family name, you know. And so yeah. that's that was outside of the town, the town where he actually would have grown up in, where he went to, t- to church. That's a bigger space, and that's where his parish was. And so we went there. I went to the baptismal font where he was baptized. Um, I actually cut my hand on the baptismal font, so <laughs> hmm. I, I have a bit of a relic living under my skin of <laughs> of the baptismal font, which is I think is that getting how that works. I think getting pretty close to infected by now. I've been putting Neosporin <laughs> yeah. on it religiously. Yeah. Uh-huh. Um, so that was cool. Very cool. Um, went to the hospital where he worked. Uh, uh, and helped the poor and raised money for them. Um, yeah, just all around good stuff. We went to a, a few of the Marian shrines where he would go in devotion and pray to. Uh-huh. Um, some Marian shrines that I've never heard of, but they're referenced in his autobiography, which is cool. So we went around town reading from his autobiography as we went to the different places that he... Oh, that's very cool. It was really sweet. So like, we went, you know, there's like two lines for this one shrine. You know, it's like... On my way to Manresa, I wanted to make a stop at the shrine where I had devotion. And so we read that line and we prayed uh-huh. at the shrines. And, mm. and a very cool experience. Very cool experience. Um, I would say it's probably like on the top three places Jesuits would want to visit in their lifetime. You know? Really? Um, I mean. Well, sure. I mean, it's the founder. I'd love yeah, to go. So, so like, I, I would say like every Jesuit should visit Rome, Loyola, and Jerusalem in their lifetime. Mm. Um I've never been to Jerusalem, but I would, I've been to Rome and I've been to, to Loyola. And I would say that it's probably on the bucket list for most Jesuits to go to those places. Yeah, absolutely. I'd love to go. Um, and then I got to say, though, the highlight for me was not Loyola, actually. I loved Loyola, but I wasn't as moved in Loyola as I was in Javier. Hmm. Um, Javier is the birthplace and castle, like a legit castle of Francis Xavier, the missionary to the Indies and to Japan. Um, I have a really deep devotion to him, and I actually knew him first before I ever met uh, Fran- uh, Ignatius of Loyola or even met the Jesuits. Um, 
so for me, going to his family castle and praying where he prayed and going to his baptismal site, his parish, all that was very, very moving, deeply moving. And it was all a very mm. beautiful place, mm. too, um, like a legit castle. I, I think I sent some pictures on Instagram. Um, yeah. So, yeah, it was a really cool experience. I, I have a friend who, when I entered the Jesuits, gave me a, a relic, a first-class relic of Francis Xavier. So I had that with me, and I sort of touched it to all the like significant sites of Francis Xavier. So like I put the relic on his baptismal font, you know, and I sort of like had a moment of prayer there. And anyway, just a lot of really beautiful experiences for me. That's very cool. Yeah. yeah those are yeah. two great saints. <clears throat> very cool saints. Yeah. Um, on the way back from Javier, on our way back to Madrid, we stopped in the town where Ignatius was a courtier. Um, uh-huh. There's all these details that are lost on me uh, from the autobiography, but he wasn't actually a courtier in Loyola. Like, right. maybe maybe everyone knows that already. But like, I, <laughs> I, I, I never could make yeah. those distinctions. But there was a different town where he was. Yeah, they sent him away. Yeah, and I didn't remember that. And so we went to the town where he was a courtier and uh, had lunch, which was very delicious. Um, <laughs> yeah, some yeah. paella. Not, I actually haven't had any paella since I've been here. Oh, ooh, did you have? There's a Basque. Um, dessert like a burnt cheesecake. Have you had that in Basque Country? Yeah. Um, no. Is it flan? Mm. Is it <laughs> creme brulee? <laughs> no, it's it's like a literal burnt cheesecake. That doesn't sound mm. as good as it's as I'm imagining it. No. Now that I'm saying it, it out loud. Uh, <laughs> there is a dessert that I had in a different town called Segovia, which. Sounds like that, but I don't remember what that's called either. Hmm. Um, well, at any rate. Yeah, I'll leave that for homework for next time because I'm going to go back to either Loyola or Javier for my retreat in oh, yeah? the spring. I'm gonna, so I have to do a retreat, as you know, for ordination. And so I'm going to do my ordination retreat either at Javier or Loyola. I was thinking Loyola, but I think I might do it at Javier because I yeah. was moved like to devotion. <laughs> yeah, I think you should. So you're not going to be able to make the province retreat. No, because I have to turn in my final paper right before the retreat starts. And honestly, I don't know if I want to be on retreat the week before the ordination. Like, I'll probably uh-huh. want to be in repose, but I probably <laughs> don't want to be, like, in silence when my family's trying to figure out its travel plans. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I had, um, like, four days between retreat and ordination, and that was great. Okay, so, like, this is different, though, because the province retreat is, like, right up to ordination. I think that's day. right. Yeah, I think that's right. Or so I'm going to do. I'm going like to. I'm going to do my ordination retreat during Holy Week at Loyola or at Javier, one of the two. Nice Holy Week. That'll be cool. Very cool. Yeah, man. I'm just living it up, and you know, just doing the, doing my thing, <laughs> doing my thing, getting uh, getting a lot of learning done, a lot of learning, and a lot of yeah. Do so you like devotion. the program? I do. It's a master's in Ignatian spirituality, which is pretty epic. So I've been learning a lot about Ignatian history, the history of the society, documents, uh, working with a lot of primary texts this whole week. Coming up is our uh, week to focus on the autobiography, um, uh-huh. which will be really cool. Then we'll switch gears and we'll work on the spiritual diary. Um, yeah, just a lot of stuff like that. You know, a lot of the Ignatian spirituality and documentary history. And anyway, it's just been really, have, really beautiful. Have you thought more about that thing that I said you should do? That is a very vague statement that I don't <laughs> have any idea what you mean. About those primary documents. Still don't know what. Translate what? them. 
We need oh. those. Oh, I see. That's one. That's actually one of the things that's been very cool is to be here as a Spanish speaker and to learn in Spanish. For me yeah. personally, that's very moving, but also just to realize there's a ton of stuff that has not been translated to English. Yeah. A I ton of that. stuff. <laughs> so, for example, I mentioned to you Diego Lainez, who was the second general in the Society of Jesus, second superior general. He had these – nope, I'm getting that completely botched. Sorry. Not him. He was a second superior general. But there's another man named Polanco. Polanco, who uh -huh. was the secretary to Ignatius. He had these wonderful directories, one for confession and one for helping people die well, that were yeah. never translated into Spanish until a few years ago. They were written in Latin. And they were translated into Spanish a few years ago. And I bought a copy because they're fantastic guides for people who are learning how to give confession. Yeah. Now turn it into English. <laughs> I should. So the sad thing, the, the trouble would be, though, is that I'll be translating it from a translation. So Yeah. Well, which is better than Latin. nothing. Yeah, that's true. I should. It's better than nothing, it is, though. It is better than nothing. Ooh, you know what? We know somebody that is studying Latin right now. Yeah, I think he just finished, and oh, I don't know. I don't know how well he learned Latin, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna Lutus. probably. I need to probably spend some time learning Latin soon because there's yeah. so much that I cannot read. You know. Well, just pick up Duolingo. They do that now. Yeah, that doesn't really help me. I need to like. <laughs> I, in this sense, I think I've learned about myself is that as far as being a student. I need to be old school. Like I need someone to strap me to a desk and tell me what I need to know and how to learn it. Like I can't, I don't really have the like, oh, I'll just teach myself French yeah, thing. Well, I you can't know? do that either. Yeah, you tried with Spanish and Japanese and you failed at both of them. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I had, I had instructors for both and they still <laughs> failed. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so anyway, so my field trips were really good. Uh, our next set of field trips are to Salamanca and then oh. uh, to Avila uh, uh -huh. and then oh, also to cool. Alcala. Um, and eventually we're going to go to Barcelona and to Manresa. Uh -huh. Very cool. What about uh, – <clears throat> what's the town near – or the monastery out near Montserrat? Uh, Montserrat? <laughs> <laughs> oh. That's where um, the Black Madonna is, isn't it? Montserrat, yeah, Montserrat. Yeah, she's Our Lady of Montserrat. <laughs> um, yeah, probably. Yeah, I need to... It's not close. It's like a five-hour train ride. Oh. Yeah, yeah. Is things are not... Well, I mean, like Loyola from here was about a four-and-a-half to five-hour drive. You didn't take the train? No, we drove. We drove so that we would have a car to get to Javier. Mm. How are the... Uh, how was the driving... It was great. So I drove. Um, they made sure to rent an automatic vehicle for me. Um, <laughs> because I know how to drive stick, but uh -huh. I need to not go cross-country in a foreign country right. Right. like cold on stick. Uh, I'll probably need a few days to like warm up to stick again because <laughs> I, I haven't driven stick in a long time. Yeah. Now, the roads, are they – I'm. I mean, I'm. my main point of reference is the United States interstate system. Mm -hmm. and um, the times I've been in Central and South America and India, mm -hmm. which are all very different, all three very different, or all four very different. Mm -hmm. How do the roads there compare? Very good. Very good quality. American quality roads. Um, good signage. Pretty decent signage, you know. Um, yeah, everything is driving on the right-hand side, which is really good. Really? Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Can't really 
I would not have been able to do it probably if they had me drive on the wrong side of the road. Yeah. Um, even are the cars even like American with the driver's side on the yeah, left? Yeah, everything was normal uh, for the American. It was all the same. Um, speed limits were pretty standard. About 120 kilometers was the maximum. Uh, uh-huh. Waiting for you to make some snarky comment about what that is in American. <laughs> Sorry, what is that in freedom units? <laughs> <laughs> I think it's close to 70. It's probably like 60, uh-huh. 65. Yeah. So it's not like Texas speeds. <laughs> yeah, 85. Oh, I love it. I love it. Yeah, but I've been downgraded from unlimited data, so I had to be very sparing with my music selections. There it is. Yeah, or just download. That's what I did. I downloaded a bunch of stuff, <laughs> but then you're but then you're limited to the few things that you downloaded. That's true. That's true. There are yeah. always setbacks. Oh well. Yeah, it's okay though. I think that Jesuit life, as someone told me recently, Jesuit life is all about moving from extreme to extreme. So I had unlimited <laughs> data, and now I have limited data, and learning to yeah, live right. within both of those right. would be comfortable. That's fine. That's, you know, that's the novitiate. We go from living in the world to being in extreme, almost monastic style setting to back in the world again. Yeah. Yeah. And Uh, can you live in both? Yeah, that's right. There's something to be learned there. Indeed. Very cool. Yeah, man. So So you're uh, liking Spain. I'm loving Spain. Yeah. How are you liking Denver? Denver's great. It's finally cooling off. Um, A lot like Spain, there are no air conditioners here. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, I mean, there are some places, but the one here is not, does not work very well. So it's been super hot and nowhere to escape. And it's so frustrating because everybody says, oh, you're from Texas. You should, you should love sweating all day, every day. (laughs) No, that's not how this works. That's (laughs) waking up in a puddle. (laughs) No, that's just not how this works. No, 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 no. So we live in Texas because the air conditioning makes it possible. (laughs) That's right. Yeah, so now that it's cooling off, opening up my windows at night is kind of, it kind of reminds me of having air conditioning. Do you have a screen on your window? I do have a screen. It's nice. Well, I say that. No, I say I do have a screen, but it's not as bad as bats or your scary grasshopper monster. Yeah, I might have have underplayed that one. (laughs) Uh, It's pretty severe. There are moths everywhere. Oh, moths are terrible. I don't know where they're getting in from, hmm. but they're, yeah, I'm being swarmed by moths. Yeah, moths, so. I don't, I'm not grossed out by them. Like, I'm grossed out by a grasshopper or something, but like, <laughs> I just, there's something about moths where it's just like, okay, stop flying into me. Like, stop, yeah. <laughs> like, land on well, the Well, you know they're not going to, like, bite you or sting you or anything. Yeah, yeah, but like, just the other day, there was a moth in my room, and it would, like, it flew right across my face. At one point, while I was lying down, and I was like, "This is not going to work. Not going to yeah. work." Yeah. Anyway, hey. So for the sake of time, because I have my dinner coming up for the community, I want to talk to you about a show that we both just caught up on that we both thought was really good. Oh, I think yeah. you thought it was really good. Did you think it was? Really I good? well, it it was certainly a lot better than I thought it was. Okay. And I, so I do. Okay. Yeah. Introduce. What it. Are we? So yeah. So we're talking about the show, The Good Place, which is a show that has been on Netflix. For a while, and I had always just skimmed through it, or you know, scrolled by it because that's what you do on Netflix, right? I mean, you just yeah, right. s- scroll by hundreds of hours of watchable television because, yeah. And then you go back to that one movie you've seen ten times. Um, yeah, so anyways, and I watched the first two episodes like two years ago, and then just didn't keep going. 
Yeah, so I I started watching it. I don't know. I think I was maybe homesick or something a couple of weeks ago, and then I just decided to start watching it. And then I dreaded episode three because it started getting good, and <laughs> I was like, oh no! Like, there's that dreaded moment on Netflix where it's like, if I keep going, <laughs> there's no stopping. There's no stopping. This is the thing. It's like there's this feeling with Netflix as you're scrolling through where it's like, I don't want to commit to anything, so I'm not going to watch anything. You know? That's right. <laughs> Um, so anyway, but so we I, did. Ended up, I ended up binging three seasons. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah so as always, spoiler alert, if you haven't yeah. seen it, pause, don't stop, pause, go watch it and then come back and listen to yeah, what we have to say. Yeah, watch three seasons of television and then come back. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So spoiler alert. Um, I, so apparently we both kind of guessed what they Season were going one. for. Yeah, that season one I would was... Argue, I would argue all the way, like, caught up season three, that's what they were going for. They're trying to make... They're making a case for purgatory. Huh. So you don't... So I... Okay, hold on. Say more. So we both realized that this was not the good place. It could not be the good place, because everybody was miserable. Yeah, yeah. Season one was clear that, like... Well, also, I just presumed it was going to be a thing. Like, without even, without even noticing that they were all suffering, I was like... Yeah. Like, this would clearly be the way to end a season. It's to, it's, to, it's to reveal that all the while... That's right. Ta-da! Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. I... So I sent you a text and said, Oh, I'm calling it now. They're not in the good place. This is purgatory. Hmm. I, so I didn't, I didn't expect them to be in the bad place, per se. Um, and they... I mean, they weren't really... They were... Phys- I don't know. I don't know how all that works. But anyway... Um, and then they go through all these weird things, and all of season three, and this is why I say I think Purgatory is really the case that they're making, knowingly or not. Uh, the whole third season is about how the system, their point system is flawed, and people right. do get better even after they're dead. Yeah, yeah, that's cool. Um, which is hugely Catholic. Yeah. I had never thought about that until you mentioned it, that that's like purgatory, is that there's a chance to get better. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And it's so funny because most Catholics, I would say, don't understand what purgatory is. They think of it as hell light. <laughs> hmm, yeah. Um, as some sort of punishment because you weren't good enough. It's like, no, this is not what that is. It's a time of purification, a time to get better. Yeah, yeah. Um, In preparation and, for the banquet, yeah. Yeah, and especially the last couple of episodes when they started bringing in the people that they knew in in their life. Um, that one fashion critic or whatever. Oh, yeah, um, yeah. Like, that's exactly what you need to face in purgatory mm. to come to get over, to realize that, no, you are called even to love them. Oh, yeah, because in the last season, the demons bring in people who are going to cause them suffering in right. this place and they realize they're gonna have a hard time it's like no but the even these you know you need yeah, to love exactly yeah. yeah that's cool so i like that i think it's very religious um and very catholic mm. and it's so fascinating to see um to see shows like this that'll that will be very religious without really without even intending or desiring yeah. that yeah. like they want it to be so such a secular thing i feel like well, but what's interesting is that, like, if you notice, what is the religion in this world? Froyo. 
No. <laughs> so the religion <laughs> in this world is philosophy. Oh, yeah. That, yeah, yeah, yeah. That And it's, it's actually that's one of the reasons I started watching is because someone, one of our friends was trying to tell me, ask, he was asking me whether or not this was accurately representing a lot of the philosophical systems that were being taught. And I said, yeah, it's actually pretty, pretty yeah. spot on, actually, yeah. most of it. And so but what's interesting is it plays the role of religion is that it's the means by which people are yeah. rehabilitated to the good. Right, right, which is soul-sucking and takes the joy out of life, as we saw from um, Michael McKean's character in the third season. The guy that, that could... uh, yeah, the guy that stepped on the snail and couldn't, and allowed the little boy to torment him. Uh-huh. Um, no, no, like no, but that... his, his thing wasn't philosophy that did right, that. Right, no, no, right, right, right. But um, Chidi certainly was, and he was... Well, well, no, I'm saying I'm saying that philosophy is actually treated really well here, that it's actually put on the pedestal of religion in a good way. Like like you have you have someone like Eleanor through philosophy coming to a realization of what the good is, you know, absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Now, from a Christian perspective, we know that philosophy is insufficient. Um, Right. It's the beginning, certainly. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's a beginning, not the beginning. But just kind of to your point that it's a secular thing, uh, the, the closest they can get to revealed religion is philosophy you know which yeah well i mean good on him like that's good enough yeah i guess i mean start with aristotle not a christian (laughs) yeah fair enough fair enough um it was interesting though kind of on the same lines when they started using religious language like calling the people from the bad place demons yeah i found that to be striking yeah yeah, why? and maybe it's maybe it's just because they were humans and that was the only word that they had. Okay, I'll buy that. But but even the um, even Ted Danson's character kept referring to himself as a demon. Right, right. Yeah, the whole thing, man. I just I thought it was very refreshing. There were some very slow moments in the show for sure, but like, yeah, I I, I don't think they can really go on past another season. I hope they don't. It would just yeah, it would become something. So even like this, I, I, I mentioned to you before I started season three, like, I don't really want to watch them on Earth. <laughs> yeah. Like, that's not what the show's about. I don't really care about how they were. Um, and it was okay. I don't think it was a, as good of a season as the first two. Sure, um, sure. You know, what's interesting, though, too, is that, like, one of the big themes in the show is this whole idea of soulmates, right? Yeah. Um, and what's kind of funny is that they kind of reveal halfway through season. Well, I guess when the big reveal happens that they're in the bad place, they kind of show, they, they mention and make fun of soulmates as like, no, this isn't really a thing. Yeah. Um, but the irony of the whole thing is, is that by the end of it, like she finds out that they actually do love each other as yeah. if they were soulmates, you know, like, well, absolutely. That's, that was really an interesting way of doing it because I think, again, I think they really are, are showing um, some really deep religious truth there that it's not just a magic thing like you don't you're not love isn't just this waving of a magic wand yeah it's and something like, that is worked at and like you're predetermined to be soulmates with this person you know exactly exactly but no like but through long long suffering <laughs> yeah yeah exactly know, long suffering uh, there can be there can be rejoicing, you know, that there yeah. is love there to be had and cultivated that Absolutely. otherwise you would have thought would never have happened. Yeah. So I think this is a really interesting show that's so so religious. Yeah. Um, and yeah, hopefully could... speaks to some people out there. 
Yeah. Like I would love I to. See myself, I could see myself using this in a high school classroom for sure to teach both philosophy and to teach, you know, something about the afterlife perhaps. Yeah, yeah, possibly. I mean, it is kind of, it is kind of a little bit like The Great Divorce um, without as much of the, more, I guess, more explicit theological fantasy. Hmm. Um, but like the, the, that part with, um, at the end of season three, where these new people are brought in like that, that's the great divorce. That was what mm. really struck me about that. Oh, cool. That they're, cool. that they're faced with people from their life. Yeah. Yeah. And no, that's good. That's good. Yeah. I really appreciate you mentioning that this is like purgatory. I had not made that connection. I just, I just kind of just always assumed I'm granting what the show is saying the afterlife is and then just rejoicing that you know it's not doing a terrible job of botching <laughs> like you know what yeah. the afterlife really is you know yeah yeah that's good that's good read on it yeah so i'd give it two thumbs up for now and hopefully they know when to stop i think that's the biggest problem with most shows they don't know when to stop yeah yeah like nine nine I haven't been watching that. <laughs> no, I like Nine Nine. So Brooklyn Nine Nine. This is actually one of the great things. Is that it's the same guy. Brooklyn Nine Nine, Good Place. Uh, is that right? <laughs> Parks and Rec, The Office. Same guy. He's yeah. involved in all of them. Yeah, they kind of jumped the shark for me. Um, On Brooklyn. Yeah. With what? Uh, I mean, really, once. Uh, spo- again, spoiler alert. I guess once they got married. Like, oh yeah, yeah. it's not as good. <laughs> yeah, it's also it's unbelievable. Like it's just not. Yeah. Um, I I buy that. I buy that. I also think it's a little bit pushy on some of the the politics. That, yeah, yeah, absolutely. Which is a bit which is a bit much. I find the good place a little bit more, more even handed on some of that. Um, well, good. Well, hey, so uh, we have one last thing that we can talk about because I got to get running in a second. Um, so okay, so the Joker just came out. <laughs> yeah, that happened. And you saw it. I, I don't really want to see it, and I, and I and I'm not asking you to tell me what you thought about it per se, but I I want to tell you how I feel right now, okay? And I want to hear what you have to say about how I feel. Tell me. I am actually scared to watch it. Uh-huh. Um, for many reasons. One, I'm actually scared that it's going to be a scary movie because I don't like scary <laughs> movies, um, where it'll be sort of a scary thing. But also, yeah. I don't want to go to a movie. Where like I feel obligated to go, but I I don't want to I don't want to be the kind of person who goes to be entertained by a villain. I just yeah yeah no that's a really good thing that I've actually been wanting to talk about for a long time. Like we're we've been so big in, and we've talked about this before. We've been so big into this whole anti-hero kick for such a as a society as for such a long time, um, and I don't really like it. Like I always like to say, I think, for me at least, um, I first recognized it with Darth Vader. Like all of a sudden the bad guy became cool and sexy. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then you've got guys like, well, like Joker, Deadpool. um, uh, Oh, who are some other bad guys that kids will dress up as for Halloween? Uh, Um, Boba Fett. Yeah, all of, like, I just don't think that that's a healthy thing to idolize these really heinous characters right um and you know there's so much to be said for you know i was having a conversation with 
one of our brothers not too long ago um, about, oh, well, shouldn't you be open to conversion? <laughs> it's like, well, yeah, but that's really not the point of these characters. They're not here to show us conversion. They're here to show us the lengths human depravity can go to but and like, the horrors of that. Yeah, and but like no one is dressing up as Anakin Skywalker. Everyone is dressing up as Darth Vader, right? Right. Like, <laughs> so yeah, that's a good example of a character who did convert. But yeah, absolutely. No, no one cares. And we don't remember it. Yeah, no one cares. All they care about is the dark side. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so so like if Joker was really an good an- point. if Joker was an antihero, or even if he was a villain who actually converted, which I hope, I hope for salvation for all. Um, <laughs> that. If that were the case, I don't know if people would want to dress up as him anymore. Yeah. How boring. Yeah. And I mean, St. Paul is another good example of that. Like, we don't, well, and he's he's the opposite of that, I guess. We don't really talk about his pre-conversion horrors, (laughs) dragging people out in chains to the jailer and to the executioner. Right. Um, so anyway, um, yeah, no, I get it. Like it's it's frustrating to have movies like this keep coming being made, where yeah. it's such a descent into hell, <laughs> literally. Yeah, but um, see, the descent into hell is part of the creed, and yeah, and that's a that's a good thing to to remember that Jesus went absolutely. all the way down. You know, absolutely, but, and so that's why I mean I like that. I just I like scary movies. I like horror movies. I think it's an important aspect of our lives to be not to glorify the darkness but to know where it is and how to fight it and how to yeah. trust in the lord so if this was uh, a batman movie where batman was fighting the joker then i wouldn't be opposed to going and paying money to see a movie with the joker in it it's like i'm not yeah i'm not yeah. so one-dimensional in that sense it's just that i i'm hard and I, maybe i'll just go see it out of sheer curiosity but like i'm hard-pressed to see the value in going to see a movie where it's only about a villain, where at least from the from the surface it looks like there's well, no there's no salvation or there's no hero or there's no I, I mean maybe I need yeah, to just watch I mean, it because maybe there is yeah it's about I mean it's a Joker movie so it's um, it's an origin story ki- yeah kind of I mean the thing about the thing about it and actually the really clever thing about it is that you have to keep in mind that this is basically a story told from the perspective of the Joker, who is insane. So you don't know what's real and what's not. Hmm. Like, this is the thing that frustrates me when people try, you know, we've become, across our comic book, you know, fandoms, we become so obsessed with origin stories. And people want to know, like, how did the Joker come to be, blah, 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 blah. And the thing about the Joker since the beginning is that he has many because he's a liar. And he keeps telling a different story. Right. You want to know uh, how I got these scars? Yeah. Like, there is no origin story because he's, in a lot of ways, not really a person. <laughs> right, right. Um, and so, so on top of that, trying to humanize something like that is a little confusing to me. Hmm. You know, and the movie, and again, this could just be his own delusions, but you do, s- there is... There are a few moments where you do feel compassion. Yeah, and I think, and I, I mean, suppose that's okay. Like we should feel compassion even for, for the worst amongst us. 
Right. But see, the the other thing is that uh, it's just it's so complicated because it's like he's less of a human and more of an idea, isn't he? I mean, like he's like a, a symbol of well, and of they, evil. that that comes up in the movie. That does come up. Okay. I mean, okay. I so would, tell me, would you recommend I would say that I go watch see it? it? Yeah, I mean, it's it is disturbing. <laughs> so I will say a, that it's not a scary movie. It's not like a it, scary movie in the sense of it being a scary movie. It's scary in the sense that it's just incredibly disturbing. Yeah, yeah, but it's not like I'm going to watch a slasher film. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> okay, there you, there you go. Um, like, you're going to want to look away. And it's not just because, you know, of gore. Hmm. Okay, well, I'll think about it. Maybe I don't need this movie in my life. Maybe I can just skip it, but... <laughs> Yeah, I, I mean, mean it, it's one of those things where, you know, like, I think it is important to struggle with some of these things that the movie presents. Good, and it's great. not like, yeah, it's not a, it's not a happy thing. Hmm. You know, it's walking into Mordor. Yeah, yeah, but who's walking into Mordor? Like, I just, I just struggle with still like who is. Anyway, I mean, we could talk about this at, at nauseum, but like. Jesus going into hell is different than Lucifer descending into hell. Absolutely, yeah. And Absolutely. L- Lucifer descending into hell is pitiable. Yeah. And there's nothing glor- gl- glorious there. Yep. And I wouldn't call it entertaining at all. No. You know? But it's, I think there's value in, in watching it and knowing about it and knowing mm. why, how pride leads to the fall. Yeah. Okay. All right. Well, then I'll go watch it. Um <laughs> I think it'll be good. I mean, I as far as movies go, I've I've heard good things. You know, uh, it's really funny. I was watching a um, a review on YouTube, and they were talking about how how great it is because it's so dark and gritty and blah 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 blah. And I'm thinking, you jerks! <laughs> this was the criticism against Man of Steel, Batman versus Superman, all these movies. Oh, it's too dark. It's too gritty. Blah 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 blah. And now we're praising Joker. Yeah, yeah. Comparing it to a... to Logan. Like, come on. Come well, on. because it's a po- he's, Joker's supposed to be gritty. Batman and... Batman! <laughs> I am the knight. <laughs> okay. Well, I don't know if anybody complained that Batman was too dark. I think people complained that Superman it was, Superman. was too dark. Yeah. yeah. And I, yeah. Okay, I get that. Okay, fine. Whatever. <laughs> um, okay, cool. Well, maybe next time I'll have seen it by the time we record next. And then maybe we can do a, a, a proper review by then. Cool. All right, man. I got to run to dinner, my late night dinner. (laughs) Enjoy. All right, dude. Peace out. See ya.